0: Welcome to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Jill Kristanovich. Each week I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations. Because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. In our hectic modern world, many of the women I talk to feel stressed, they feel overscheduled, and they feel overwhelmed, racing from one meeting to the next, planning this or worrying about that. My solution is self-care. I know, I know you're rolling your eyes and saying, I can't do one more thing, but what the world thinks is self-care is just scratching the surface. I'm inviting you to learn and experience a different kind of self-care, to have a different perspective, to reconnect with you. I've titled this series, Self-Care is More Than a Buzzword. It's Personal. Let me reintroduce Jill. Jill is an author, speaker, spiritual seeker, and empowerment mentor. After years in public education, Jill feels called to help others increase their confidence and rediscover their personal sense of self. She feels self-loyalty is the key to happiness and a fulfilled life. Jill, I'm super excited you are here today. Thank you for having
1: me back again. I'm delighted to have another conversation.
0: Yeah, this one is going to be all about self-care and the mind. So I wanted to just talk off, start off with, the World Health Organization defines self-care as the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. And I just kind of wanted to just put out there, you know, like a, I'm going to say an official definition of what self-care is, but I know you and I are going to be talking about other things. I have seen some people use pillars or pie, pie charts to help us visualize, you know, different categories, which are great. But I'm thinking of a flower, Jill. I was re- I received a bouquet of flowers a few days ago, and there was like this one pink flower that caught my eye. It was. Big and it was bright, and it was beautiful. And I started thinking about those petals on a flower of being the the self-care petals. You know, they all play an important role in our overall health and well-being, like emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, social, financial, and environmental. And I know... I invited you on for us to talk about the mental and our mind. So I thought it would be fun to start off by sharing our favorite self-care quotes.
1: Awesome, I love. first of all I must say I love that analogy. As you were describing that, I was literally seeing each petal and I love that you're having this discussion so that we can kind of debunk some of those myths out there. We talked very briefly last time about how there are myths out there about what self-care is and I love that you're just laying it out in these honest and easy ways for people to understand what they can do to take care of themselves better. So this is an awesome
0: conversation. Yeah, and thank you for saying that about the flower, because now somebody who is an expert on plants can tell me, but as I was looking at that flower, and I saw all these petals connected to that centerpiece, whatever that center is in a flower, but I was, I was viewing it as like, that's us. That's and our wheelhouse, these, sure. Yeah, and all these other pieces are just, you know, the petals of, of our self-care. So do you want to talk about your favorite quotes first or do you want me to go first?
1: Um, I'll go ahead and share one first, thank you. And and I also just want to real quick hit on when you were talking about that flower and, and kind of talking about those petals coming back to that center. You know, really that's, in a nutshell, if we had to narrow this all down, self-care is, self-preservation and in when you were reading that definition you know the things that we do that are not you know facilitated by healthcare workers and such you know people such as that it is it's all about that self-preservation and i hope that people come to realize that that's ultimately got to be the goal. we all want to be here and sustain and live long healthy lives and so self-care is self-preservation um the very first quote one of the ones that really speaks to me is a quote by Bevan Lee and it goes like this. I am two of the most powerful words for what you put after them shapes your reality. And this really speaks to me because what words do we insert here? What story are we creating and telling ourselves when we use the words I am? It's only natural that when we are up against something, we say cruel things to ourselves like, oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, I'm always weak. I can never do this. Oh, I'm, I'm unable to commit to anything. And we're so quick to judge and, and, you know, ridicule ourselves. But we can flip that script when we take the time bec- to become self aware and to tune into the way that we are talking to ourselves. I love the I am because you are making a statement, you're putting a claim out into the universe, and I challenge everybody listening to start tuning into their I ams and what words they are putting after them. And I say go big or go home. Just don't use simple things like, I am a loving person, I am a good mother. Get specific, add some, you know, action words there and really start encompassing what you are add some things after there, whether it's something you currently are or something you're aiming to become and step into, you get to tell the story of who you are. So start putting some really wonderful words after the I am.
0: Jill, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that. Because a lot of times, we, we, you're absolutely correct, we have that negative self-talk. But to say, I am a beautiful and loving mother. You know, instead of beating ourselves up for the things we're not doing as mothers. Did you have one other you were going to talk about? Sure. The second one that I'm bringing
1: to us is Adopt the Pace of Nature. Her Secret is Patience. That is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I love this one particularly because I think that ties into your theme of the seasons of life. You know, it's a reminder that the beauty is in the here and now. We often get so caught up in the past or where we are aiming for the future. And that is not to say that we shouldn't have our eye on the prize. And that's not to say that we're not going to occasionally be reminded of things that happened in the past. But it's it's the quote is telling us to stop, acknowledge the feeling, tell it goodbye, and remember that it is the here and now that has the beauty. When we remind ourselves to stay grounded in the present day and in the present moment, then we're not being led by those regrets of the past or the anxiety of the future. And no matter what we're doing, whether we're being a mom, whether we are at work, whether we're out with friends, our mind tends to wander. We get caught up in our to-do list or things that are, you know, hanging over our heads. And I love the adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience because we really need to become patient, breathe, be in the here and now. It's one of the things that I am definitely working on every day, and I try to remind everybody else that when times get tough, you know, not to thinking about to think about what you can't handle, but what you can do in the here
0: and now. Jill, both of those really, really resonate with me, and they touch my heart. And this one that I, I'm a quote junkie, and I just,
1: I, I had a as hard well.
0: time, I had a hard time choosing, but these two feel really good to me today, and that is, it's time to spit out every word from your mouth that doesn't taste like love, and that's by Tiffany Nicole, And I just love that one, and it it kind of ties into the ones that you brought because you're talking about what we're saying to ourselves, and yes, if it doesn't taste like love, don't say it. And the other one that really um, resonates with me today is we're conditioned to think that our lives revolve around great moments. The Great Moments Often Catch Us Unaware, Beautifully Wrapped in What Others May Consider a Small One, and that is by Kent Nerburn. and one of the reasons I love that so much is we're always going for the big things, which there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes, like you were just saying, being in the here and now, that may seem so ordinary, but it's a small moment that can mean so much.
1: I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. We often measure life based on those big moments, don't we? Or comparing ourselves to the big moments of others. And really, when you think about the greatest memories or the biggest smiles that have ever been on your face, Usually you can tie them back to something very simplistic or a time that was very simplistic. Yes, we make great memories when we go out on vacation and we travel the world or, and we do, you know, big grandiose things, but we also relish in really small moments too. So I like that reminder as well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just love the quotes that we both brought, and we, neither one of us knew which ones were being brought until we got here today.
1: Yes, so. and I could do about 10 more. <laughs> it was very tough. It was very tough to choose just two because, like you, I am a quote junkie, and I love to find a good quote and really sit with it and, and think about what
0: it means. Yeah, well, I want to go ahead and get into our tips. We're going to do four. I mean, there are so many, but I thought we'd just do four. Keep it into like a bite-sized chunk for let people really marinate on and hopefully take action. And the first first tip for self-care for the mind is laughter. So, Jill, when was the last time you had a good laugh? And can you talk about three or four benefits of laughing?
1: Absolutely. First of all, when I think of laughter, I think of a a little inside joke that my girlfriends and I have always had from way back in the day when the movie Steel Magnolias came out. And they're on there talking with their southern accents, and one of the characters says, Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. I think it was Dolly Parton actually who said it. And we have quoted that ever since the movie came out because laughter through tears is a wonderful emotion. Um, It reminds me of the saying also that laughter is the best medicine. And let's face it, it is. Think about the last time that maybe you were crying really hard and going through a tough time and you were talking with somebody and they bring in comic relief and then all of a sudden you're wiping your tears and you're laughing hysterically because it's not that they're not validating the moment deserves to be acknowledged, but that laughter kind of breaks that for just a second and lets you feel some of that relief. I have to say as a school teacher. Most of my funny, funny stories happen at work because I work with little children and they just say whatever (laughs) is on their mind and I find laughter happens there all the time and I'm reminded of a story that happened just last week where one of my little students came in and he said, Mrs. Chris, I went home and told my mommy about those sausage fingers that your mommy gave you and I just started cracking up because a couple weeks prior, I had told an adult that was in my room, I was looking at my hands and I said, oh, I got these sausage fingers from my mother. Now, I had no idea that that child was even listening, (laughs) let alone taking it literally, and just randomly, you know, days later, he said, oh, I told my mom about those sausage fingers you got from your mommy, and I was dying thinking what his mother must have thought when he came home with that story. (laughs) And that's just so innocent and carefree. But I'm also reminded of a time I laughed a long time ago. This was a story when uh, I was walking across a college campus as an adult and I took a really good fall. And I mean, I landed, I hurt myself. It was winter time, it was slippery and there were adults passing everywhere. And of course, when I initially hit the ground, I was in pain. I knew I didn't break anything, but I was in a lot of pain. And what did I naturally do? I turned to laughter. I started laughing out loud at myself, even though it was awkward and I was embarrassed But that laughter brings natural endorphins. And endorphins are painkillers, essentially. And so sometimes, even in the hardest of situations, we bring that laughter in almost naturally to cure us of the pain that we are feeling. So I'm thinking about the innocence of that child telling a funny story all the way to the other end of the spectrum where I actually fell and hurt myself. And both times, in two completely different situations, laughter was the remedy. So it reminds me of the things that we can utilize laughter for. I mean, obviously, laughter, as I just said, is a natural endorphin. So it can relieve us of pain. It helps us to... Uh, decrease stress, obviously. It helps us to burn calories, and who doesn't want to burn calories through something as easy and joyful as laughter? And really it enhances relationships and connections. Let's face it, if you're meeting somebody new or even if you're hanging out with a family member or a friend you've known forever, Laughter is almost like this natural energy between two or more people, and it just has a a comfortable connection about it. So there's lots of benefits from laughter. And, you know, I find it um, interesting that today you can even go out there and find that there is laughter therapy, there is laughter yoga classes. Because just like when we use the I am affirmations, the body and the brain really doesn't know the difference between fake laughter and real laughter. And we can take my fall, for example. I didn't want to laugh at that, but I chose to. And when I took that time to laugh at myself, I actually calmed my pain level down. I was able to get up. And so these therapies and these yoga classes are taking that same concept of, you know, laughing at situations and you know, and looking at them with a different perception as ways of healing. I think it's really interesting.
0: So the story you tell about um, your young student that just cracks me up. Because we never know when they're listening to us.
1: <laughs> oh, they repeat everything. I always tell the parents, don't believe anything you hear when they come home, and I won't believe anything they're saying at school. Because children at the young age that I teach are half in reality and half out of reality. And sometimes you have to piece together what they're actually saying.
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to just um, th- throw out a few ways or a few ideas of of using humorous self-care. You know, you were t- we were talking about laughter, so watching a funny movie. You know, I don't know if you've seen The Adam Project with Ryan Reynolds. But I have not yet. I laughed and I cried. I had all the feels. You know, so watching a funny movie. i um, spending time with our pets. You know, there's just something about stroking, you know, them while they're sitting in our lap that's just so calming watching our favorite cartoons. Now, I'm going to date myself a little bit with with this cartoon, but I loved Johnny Quest growing up. I don't know if you've ever heard that one, but I loved Johnny Quest and and Scooby-Doo. And, you know, you can post, like, comic strips, you know, in your office or around the house just to bring a smile to your face. And a new one that I've just started is... I will occasionally watch TikTok videos, and I have two favorites. One is Meg Riley. I mean, seriously, she's so funny. She almost makes, makes me wet my pants laughing. And I'm going to say this wrong, but it's, it's a, a Latin family, and they're just sharing their lives. And I believe the name of their um, TikTok is Swagmadovers. I'll put it in the show notes. It is so funny, but those are just some ideas of of where people can find things to laugh about.
1: I love it, searching out for comic relief.
0: Yes, yes. So we'll move on to tip two, and oh my goodness, Jill, sometimes self-care involves things that we don't even think of as self-care at all, like maybe a digital detox or decluttering. And I love this quote from the Balance Through Simplicity website. She says, Clutter is really anything that you don't need, don't love, doesn't add value, or support you in your life in a meaningful way. More than that, clutter is what distracts and removes you from your life and what's important to you in it. And Ooh, I like that. That, that just kind of wraps it all up in that one quote. But Jill, do you want to talk about decluttering or detox? What you're thinking about that? Absolutely.
1: So think about the last time you cleaned out a closet or a a junk drawer. Isn't there just something so gratifying when you finally, you know, you you avoid it like the plague because you don't want to do it. It's daunting task. But when you finally do it, you just you would just want to go open that drawer or that door because you're like ah. Oh, everything is organized and neat, and I got rid of so many things so I can totally relate to that I try to do a purge of a closet or a room or a drawer as often as possible because I often find we are keepers of things we do not need, or we no longer need, that somebody else can possibly make use of. So let it go. And that does tie into a social media detox. I know that I have attempted and taken them several times throughout the years, and obviously they can be from varying degrees. God bless the people who can absolutely like say I'm taking an entire month off of social media or even a whole entire week without getting on to anything. I do find that I belong to a lot of Facebook groups and communities and things that fuel my soul so I cannot abstain for that long but I do have some tactics that can help us to declutter or to minimize our amount of time. Um, One of the things that I found very helpful is Taking the apps that are the real time suckers off of your home page of your phone. I literally just hold them down and I knock them over maybe three slides over so that when I power my phone on or when I pick it up and it automatically lights up, I'm not seeing those apps that call to me. Just having them out of my visual range definitely encourages me to search them out and tap on them a lot less. So if you can't remove it from your phone completely, just take it off of your home screen. And if you can take it off completely, Go ahead and do that. I know one of my biggest time suckers is Facebook. I have a wonderful love-hate relationship with it. And there are times when I will detox by taking the app off of my phone. And I will say, okay, I'm only gonna use it at night when I'm at home on my desktop computer. and Really, let's be honest with each other. Checking in once a day is plenty. There's no reason I need to be on there four, five, 10 times a day. So when I notice I'm really spending a lot of time there, I will remove the app completely from my phone and I will only vow to use it on my desktop computer when I'm spending time on that. Another way to declutter and to detox is to unfollow. This is one of my most favorite features. Um, I know I tend to sign up for a lot of things that put me on email lists and then I have to spend a day where I say, okay, it's time to go through this email and unfollow the subscriptions that I'm really not tapping into because all it's doing is cluttering my inbox and it's overwhelming my eyes. So take a day where you're just going through your emails and start getting rid of and unscribing to some of those ones that are no longer of use to you and do the same thing with your phone. If your phone has a ton of apps on there, go through, You know, do an inventory. What do you really use? What do you really need in your life? And convince yourself to slide it up and uninstall those that are really not servicing you or for your best interest. Um, One thing you will need to do is to make sure you have a new habit in place. If you're trying to prevent yourself from going to your phone and constantly uh, tapping to check in on this or that, Think to yourself, what am I gonna put in place of that? You know, maybe you're going to turn on music. Maybe you're going to walk the dog. Have something in place where when you realize you have that urge to go to your phone, that you can stop yourself. Make yourself aware that you're having the temptation to go press that button, and what are you gonna replace it with instead that might be more productive to your self-care and you know habits. Another easy tip you can do for detoxing from social media is keep it out of your reach. So don't have the phone in the room with you. If I'm in the living room and I'm watching television with my husband and my phone is near me and his phone is near him, you can bet you we're going to grab it and we're going to start scrolling for something or a notification is going to draw us in but if we leave them away from us in the kitchen on the counter charging we're much less apt to go to them. So something as simple as keeping it out of your vicinity can help you detox. And obviously the big reward from all of this is you're taking your time back. Sometimes I feel physically ill when I think about the amount of time that I got sucked into scrolling or getting caught up when that time could have been used for something so much more beneficial. And don't get me wrong, We all need to binge every now and then. A Netflix binge, a social, you know, uh, social media has some things that we'd like to binge on. And if you're doing it every once in a blue moon, there is nothing wrong with that. But if you're spending lots of hours each day, and you know, there are things even on Facebook that can tell you how much time you are actually spending on the app. And sometimes when you go to that little feature, you might be blown away by just how much time you are clicking and opening and spending there. So these are some easy ways to get back some of your time.
0: Jill, I loved all of those. And I especially loved taking it off your home screen. Because that's a nice, easy one. I had something pop up on my phone. And I'm almost embarrassed to say this. It said I had spent three and a half hours on my phone. And I'm like, what was I doing? you know exactly. I know it was looking at Instagram and Facebook and but I'm like no I cannot be doing that so thank you so much for those tips and and those are really nice and easy ones to be able to put in place absolutely well, sure so what I'm going to talk about clutter is if we use the last line of that quote that I read um, clutter is what distracts and removes you from your life and what's important to you in it, which you so eloquently shared um, about social media and everything. I'm going to talk a little bit about let's remove self-judgment. Now, we talked about that. We didn't use that word, but we were kind of getting there a little bit earlier. But judging ourselves, and when it comes down to it, it it's about pointing out and overstressing about things we don't like about ourselves, our life, or certain situations. For example, have you heard someone say, I'm not smart enough to get that job. I shouldn't have said that. I'm just a selfish bitch. I should be further along in my career. And which by the way, we need to drop the word should from our vocabulary. It's just a dirty word, you know? (laughs) But that judgment of ourselves is born out of acting and comparing ourselves to other folks. And so I don't wanna just leave it at, you know, stop it. I wanna give a couple of ways that we can just become aware. And that's the first tip that I was gonna talk about is becoming aware. You know, become aware of those um, self-judging thoughts including those um, feelings of fear or anxiety or depression or anything that trigger us and ask yourself a simple question. Is what you're saying, is it really the truth? I think that was Byron Katie that, that talks about, is that true? And just become mindful of how you speak about yourself. And you touched on that earlier, Jill. And be intentional about how you engage with others. And so those are just a a few little tips around self-judgment and kind of letting it go.
1: I like the way that you brought awareness back in. And obviously, when we say that and we suggest that to people, we know that that's not something that just happens. You know, I had to do a lot of work, I'm sure you had to do a lot of work. When I made the conscious choice that I'm going to get aware and start listening, of course there were times I was still self-sabotaging and doing that, but I got better at noticing when it was happening. And then after I mastered noticing when it was happening, then I stopped to say, okay, why is this happening? What am I really feeling at this moment? What really has me irritated or pissed off or feeling down? And like you said, that awareness is the key piece. It's the beginning of everything. Mindset behind mindset is the key piece behind everything. That awareness piece is so huge and it is the start of everything. I don't care if you're trying to lose weight. I don't care if you're trying to climb the career ladder. You know, knowing that why and understanding that why is the absolute first piece to the puzzle. You have to get comfortable there first.
0: Yeah, and I also I also have a girlfriend, and I remember she said this to me years ago, but it always stuck with me about Treat yourself like you would treat your best friend. Exactly. How would
1: you tr- how would you talk to them? You wouldn't say those things to them, obviously.
0: Exactly. Exactly. All right. On to tip three: journaling and self reflection. What is journaling? You know, it's a it's a written account of your thoughts and your feelings as you're navigating your everyday life, exploring your everyday life. And the beauty of journaling is it's there's no right way or there's no wrong way. You know, you can write in bullet points. You can do a grat- write your gratitude down. You can write like you're talking to your diary. Dear diary, you know. But I wanted to just give some prompts. And if you're driving, maybe just think about these questions. But if you're able... Grab a pen and some paper just to jot down some words or maybe a sentence, and then you can go back and maybe journal these out. Because, Jill, I think journaling is just a great way to really deepen our understanding and really integrate, you know, things that we're learning.
1: That integration is a huge piece. I say this to people all the time we can have thoughts in our head and we can get ourselves rev- revved up about ideas and things we want to do, but there's just some kind of magic about getting it out of your head, putting it on the paper, and then reading it back to yourself and having that evidence of, look what I said, look what I thought, and having it there concrete. So I couldn't agree more.
0: All right, so. Maybe if you take just like three deep breaths, you know, if, you know, the people who are listening, just to kind of get clear, you know, we've been talking about a lot of information, just take some cleansing breaths. My first journal prompt is, how do you feel about the importance of practicing self-care? How do you feel about the importance of practicing self-care? Second journal prompt, I practice self-care because I want to feel and fill in the blank. Three, where am I letting myself play small? Four, what negative beliefs do I have about myself, and are they true? Does my life feel like magic? So Jill, how did those land with you as I was going through those?
1: I love those. First of all, wonderful choices and every time you were reading one, of course, I'm sitting here with you, but I'm thinking, wow, those are really thought provoking. And as I said when I was commenting before you started, I guarantee that anybody who takes the time to jot some things down there, they're going to feel really surprised by what they're going to see on the page when they are done. I know for me, journal prompts are a great thing. I'm one of those people who cannot just open a blank page and kind of brain dump. I know there are a lot of um, thought leaders out there that, you know, say each morning open a page and just brain dump. I'm not one of those people who can get the wheels turning unless I have a prompt. And that's the great thing is that there are so many journals and planners out there. So, you know, you can literally just Google um, self care planners or self care journals. I just recently, um, bought the one that Oprah just came out with, and she's got some wonderful themes in there to help um, start your wheels turning about self-care and self-love. And there are tons of others out there. I mean, I I have kind of an industry of them on my desk. I'm, I'm guilty, but um, don't feel like it's something that you have to do to invent yourself. But if you are comfortable, just brain dumping and writing out your thoughts can reveal a whole lot. So all the power to you if if that works for you. But I love journaling. I do it at least twice a day. I do it every morning when I wake up and I do it every night before I go to bed. Sometimes that involves gratitude lists. Other times I pick books that have prompts and I write about whatever the prompt is. And I just feel it is such a great way to dig deep in self-reflection and kind of discover what your wants and needs and hopes are. Keep you on track.
0: Yeah, and I just wanted to mention a few other benefits of journaling is it actually, and, and I was doing some research on journaling. I mean, I love to journal, but I was also doing some research and it was talking about how it improves your mental well-being, you know, just being able to get that out on paper. It gives you a place to express your gratitude, reduces stress and anxiety, because as you're writing, and I'm sure, Jill, this has happened for you as well, but as you're writing, you're actually sometimes you're coming up with a solution that you hadn't even thought of.
1: Absolutely. And that I discovered that when I was writing my memoir, actually. I was like channeling the energy or the problem to the solution or the thought that I needed to have for the healing to take place. Absolutely. There were times that I looked down and I was like, wow, I wrote that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to just read this quote by Natalie Goldberg. She says, whether you're keeping a journal or writing as a meditation, it's the same thing. What's important is you're having a relationship with your mind And I just thought that was appropriate Ooh, I we're like that. about yeah. you
1: know building self-pitch. a relationship with your mind yes and that ties back into the awareness you know and that's exactly that's the muscle we're trying to increase upon and build upon that awareness and so I really like that
0: that resonates All right fourth tip so, doing something new now there's a lot of things that you can do as as doing something new um, Jill you want me to go ahead and talk about what I'm what I'm sure, thinking go, about? go ahead go right ahead so I like the idea of being a tourist in your own town and I love I, there's just something about coffee shops I love the different vibes of coffee shops. You know, you can go into one and, you know, they've got this really cool music or this really cool decor. And whenever I travel somewhere, I like to go into coffee shops because I just find they're so unique. And there's one right here in uh, Melbourne, Florida, and it's got this, (laughs) um, it's got great coffee and this UFO theme. And I just think that's so cool because I live on the space coast of Florida. So, you know, that's just really, um, perfect cool. And, um, another one is I really like going to farmer's markets. You know, there's just something about, you know, going to the booths and talking to, you know, the different people there, whether it's looking at the produce or the baked goods or the soap or the plants, you know, you're always finding something different. And I love buying jewelry at farmer's markets because they're all unusual and unique pieces. But you're also getting that benefit. It's typically outside and you're walking. So you're also getting some exercise. So those are just two things that I thought of, um, coffee shops and farmer's markets.
1: I love the farmers markets, too, because you're also um, supporting local um, businesses. You know, I love that. I love to buy gifts for people from local um, shops and businesses versus going to the big box stores when I can, obviously. So I love that. And I love that you um, you're you gave some examples of things that are not really all that extravagant there you know like those are obtainable things that people can do when i think about trying something new we can we can obviously think of things that are more simplistic or we can think about the bigger bolder things and i'll start off with something simplistic and and i'm going to tie it right back to self care because when i go to work each morning I actually have to drive past my childhood home. And if you read my memoir, then you know that that would be very triggering for me. And so one day I said to myself, why am I driving this way? I I think part of me wanted to drive past the old neighborhood that I had this attachment to it to some degree. But then I said to myself one day, Why are you triggering yourself each morning with this drive? There's three other options. And so one day I decided, I'm not driving this way anymore. I took that same path that I had been driving over and over for years, and I said today, starting today, I'm taking a different day to work. And so that, that can be something new as well. You know, if you're somebody who goes for a three mile walk each day, try a totally different path. Maybe you're gonna walk past a house where somebody's gonna be outside and you're gonna get into a conversation, and the next thing you know, You have a brand new friend you never thought you were going to meet just because you changed your walk for that day. So it can be something very simplistic like that. And then, of course, trying something new could be really being bold and going to your bucket list. What is on there? What is something that has been eating away at the back of your mind that you wish you could do that you haven't? And I actually took that plunge just today. Um, My husband and I are planning a getaway for Memorial Weekend to Lake George here in New York out in the uh, mountains, and my entire life, I've had a hot air balloon ride on my bucket list. And I said, you know what? This is gonna be the trip that I'm going to knock that off. I'm going to finally take the plunge and do it and I feel so excited and exhilarated about doing something so bold and daring that I've wanted to do for a long time. So trying something new can, like you said, be something simplistic. Um, You know, just adding in a little something different or trying something that's easy or attacking those big bold items that you've got in the back of your mind that you want to make come true.
0: Jill, and that goes right back to what we were talking about earlier was awareness. You having that awareness that driving by your childhood home was triggering for you and taking a different route. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to let me know how the hot air balloon ride goes.
1: I will, I will. I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) So that is wrapping up our four self-care tips. And within each tip, there's a lot of ideas you know, that I hope will, you know, spark even more ideas. And I think it's really important to say there isn't one way, one right way to do self-care. Self-care isn't a luxury, you know, and self-care is for everyone. I don't want us to get off today, Jill, though, before I just ask you about how everything's going with your, with your book and any updates you have for us. Oh,
1: you're so sweet. Thank you for asking. I'm super excited that I was just asked to be a keynote speaker for a local event regarding my book. So this will be, it's not until the end of summer, but this will be my first time really getting out and speaking upon it. And I'm hoping that this is going to launch things forward. I'm currently working on creating a small course which is going to be about um, mantras that matter and cultivating calendars and mantras that go together. So, again, um, my memoir is called When the Apple Falls Far From the Tree. And it is a memoir, but it also has a self help spin about tips and tools you can use in real life to get through, you know, some challenging times. Um, that is written under my pen name, which is Margot Riley. And again, you can find me at justbeingjill.com or margoriley.com. And your readers are, can have access to the first chapter of my book if they're interested. And in the meantime, I'm still going out and um, promoting it, and hoping that people will continue to find it.
0: Thank you so much for everything, Jill. I've, this conversation has been great. And I, and I just hope that our listeners just like really take away those nuggets of wisdom that we've shared. And thank you for being here so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me back. And I will come back and chat anytime because I love being in the energy of people who are looking to move the needle forward and, you know, be a better person than they were yesterday. And I also enjoy the conversation because I'm gaining tips and tricks for my tool belt as well. So thank you, Cindy. I appreciate being part of your community.
0: All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I would love to hear your favorite part of the conversation. Over the next few weeks, I will be announcing a 12-week one-on-one coaching program. It's for women who are ready to make a change, finally let go of the past, and stop waiting for permission to step into their big, beautiful lives whatever that big beautiful life looks like for them it's called journey of the heart an inner revolution also june 1st is the beginning of a self-care series called self-care is more than a buzzword it's personal we'll be talking about self-care practices for our mind comprehensive self-care to uplift your body mind and soul and why it's so important to own and trust our sexual energy plus so much more with incredible guests. Until next time, live inspired.